Hi, this is Michael Sean Harris, and we're at episode five of Mike's Moment Of. All right, before I get to our guests, I want to share a few reviews I've gotten since we started. I just realized that iTunes doesn't show all of the reviews. They're short by country. So I found reviews on iTunes in the US, Jamaica, and the UK. So this review is from Dr. Little Singer Girl in the UK. And I know who that is. And it goes, can't wait. And she gave me five stars. And she says, okay, no, I'm all psyched and ready for these episodes. Look forward to being here with you in this space for a long, productive time. Uh, thanks. Thanks, Nikkei. I know it's you. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I hope you check out the rest of the episodes. And from Cassie. Cassie. Actually, it says, Cassie is a lot of eyes. In Jamaica, she says, love, five stars. Love the transparency. So real. Thank you very much. Trying to keep it real. And really just sharing uh, a lot of friends and topics that are, that are close to me. So I hope you, you stay tuned and check out the rest of the episodes as well. And from the US, Jermaine says, loving it. Five stars as well. Thanks for sharing this with the world, the whole world. Yes, indeed, it's the whole world. And Diana Kingdom, uh, five stars again. Hey, Michael, Malaki. And uh, in reference to episode three, which was a body talk episode, Kay Fancy Madam says, ooh, I've been experiencing this. I've experienced this. Your fatty people got no filter. So true, especially in Jamaica. Anyway, my guest today is my very good friend Peter Ashburn. Peter and I both attended Wilma's Boys High School and Berkeley College of Music, but we just did it 20 years apart. But since I met Peter, uh, I've worked with him a lot, writing and teaching the first music technology courses at the School of Music and designing the first iteration of the Music Tech Lab. Also working together on Digital Rising Stars and then for many other projects. Today, Peter takes us on a journey through his life and career in music and the Jamaican music scene. Also, his studies, all the while using technology of the day as milestones. And there's more about Peter in the show notes, so you can check that out. Right, a joke and say that this one is for the music and history nerds, but hopefully everyone will enjoy it. All right? I'm Michael Sean Harris, and you're listening to Mike's Moment Of a weekly podcast in which I, along with my guests, share our various interests in moments of inspiration, truth, life, technology, culture, and more. I hope you're entertained and informed, and that you feel inspired to join me again and again in my moments of... All right, so welcome to another episode of Mike's Moment Of. Today, we're speaking with my good friend, Peter Ashburn. He doesn't like when we do the big, long intro, so I'm going to put all the information in the show notes. But um, quick thing, he's a composer, he's a music technologist, he's been doing jingles forever. He's, what else? he's a musical director and more. So today, we're going to talk about, specifically about technology, about your journey with technology, using technology, and you've been through some several phases of, you know, technology as well. So we can start at the beginning, and then we, we'll go through and, I'll, you know, I'll ask questions here and there. So, how are you doing? Okay, thanks, Michael. Um, perhaps I should start by saying that um, bef I was just a musician, you know? Right. Musician. I played violin, I played piano, 
I was at that point just starting off trying trying my hand at arranging, okay. you know, mm-hmm. without having any formal training in that, you know. I, my ears were what were leading me around. All right. And just leaving high school, <coughs> a friend of mine uh, took me down to Federal Records one day. Okay. You know, and... Um, and where, where was Federal Records? Federal Records is where um, those people who know Kingston, you know, the, mm-hmm. the studio scene in Kingston, it is um, what they now call Tough Gong. Okay. It okay. is what... what um, Bob Marley eventually bought, bought the premises. Okay. Right. Um, this is yeah. They bought the premises in the during the nineteen seventies, I think. 70s. Okay. And who owned who owned Federal Records? The, the Coories. It was it was the Coories. Um, Ken Coory, because that was where Federal Records started. Ken Coory was there at the very beginning when Stanley Motor bought the cutting lathe in the whenever it was nineteen fifty eight or something okay. like that. Okay. And that was the first sort of any kind of recording facility that you had in Jamaica. Those days, remember, the um, 1958 tape recorders were in a very primitive stage. Remember, the t- the, this side of the world found out about tape recorders when the Americans um, invade, um, went into Berlin okay. in 1945. <laughs> okay. And this is when they found the, 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 this, this, these German contraptions oh. with, this, with this Mylar tape and thing. That is, prior to that, recordings were done straight to the vinyl. Okay. You, okay. you, you recorded and then the cutting head cut the, um, cut the master. That's oh, how okay. most of the, the things mm-hmm. were done. Yeah. Anyway, this is, so this is fairly early. This is 1958. This is, this is, um, what more than ten years later, but but um, it's still you know close to the the cutting edge, you know the bleeding edge on right? <laughs> okay. uh, technology. But then Kuri, um, I think he he between him and Coxon, they brought one of them brought in the, the recording uh, tape recorders. Started off with one track tape recorders, you know, then two track, then three track, etc. etc. All right. By the time I was taken out to Federal Records, and um, I ended up being offered a job there as as an assistant to Ken Lazarus. You know, he was the A and R there. Right? Okay, and you were how old then? Ten? No, 15? no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, I think I was twenty. You know. Okay, or, okay. Or, or, I mean, it wouldn't be far fetched because you, you know, you know, when you're you're playing violin, yes, yes and you're you're the prodigy at what eight or, or no eight, younger? Yeah, about eight, eight. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So you're about what sixteen? You said. No, no, no. Twenty, twenty, twenty. Yeah, I was All twenty. Right. I was twenty, okay. and right. I, I, I um, ended up being. Now, prior to that, I was like I said, a musician. I played mm-hmm. a couple of instruments, and I, because I dabbled in the arranging and the band thing, and I was just starting a singing group, where I didn't sing, you know. <laughs> um, but because of that, I knew about microphones and and. Sp- uh, you know, speakers and it amplifies and organs and that kind of thing. Okay. Uh, but you learn about those things, but that's what they are. That's as far. Now, going to Federal Records not, was when I started to appreciate how important, you know, the importance of how the equipment fits into making recordings Recording, and sound, right. you know, okay. electronic sound in, in any way. And so thinking back on it 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 really 
has shaped my some of my some of my values so because my my production values are studio values right, rather right. than stage values which is which is different too. so when you when you first went into into federal records what what was the kind of equipment that that you met all right in, by the, the time studio? i had i went in there i think it was a four track recording they had a multi track four track four track multi track right. and it had just come in it was i think it was a scully scully machine right okay um is from where scully what? is scully is american american okay yeah, scully is american um um they they had a scully four track i trying to what kind of board was it i don't remember the board um I really don't remember the board. I know that the studios at that time had those broadcast boards, you know, with those right. ro- um, sort of semi-rotary um, um, fader things. Right, right, right. But, but um, anyway, that that was my blooding, and that's when I started, you know, the, a number of microphones that you don't see on stage, you know, right. that's what they're using in the studio and how we do it, you know, the whole process of making a recording. Uh, by the time I, I think I worked there for about 18 months in all. It it seemed it seemed longer, <laughs> you know, because there was There's always a lot going something on. yes, there was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to be do, to to have been doing um going to University of the West Indies in the evening for evening classes oh, okay. doing economics um, sociology and government <laughs> the politics course. Wow. Uh, but you see what I tended to do was I'd go to Yui to classes when I was finished oh. at Federal. <laughs> and sometimes like in the morning. it finished at 9 o'clock okay. at night. It finished maybe 6 o'clock, but 9 o'clock, typically 7, 8 o'clock, okay. 9 o'clock, finish at 1 a.m., you know, huh. the next morning. So I, I didn't get a whole lot done. S- sorry. So who are some of the, the, the people that you worked with that you, that well, you met while you were the, at the, Federal? Um, f- as far as technicals are concerned, it was... was um, a fellow called a man called Buddy Davidson. Okay. He was as far as I, I, I know, he's really somebody who is marine radios. He he was he did things, you know, he did ship ship electronics. He had an interest in, in that and he um ended up being the engineer. So <laughs> he wasn't specifically a musician right. or an audio electronics person. He was just an electronics person yeah. who liked music. So you know kind of fit into the industry. Yes and <laughs> Every, every, so, I'll, I'll, there was a lot of fumbling around doing right. done. You know, the the producers, the couries, the couries were businessmen. Right, right, right. They're 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 Middle Easterners um, mm-hmm. making a book in Jamaica. Right, you know? right. And and who were some of the artists, like the recording artists that you were working with then? Well, I, uh, let me see. Bob Andy, Judy Moat. I remember she was in a group there. What was it? The Gaylets or something? The Whalers. You know, Whalers at that time. You know, you'd you'd from time to time you'd see practically everybody passing okay. through. Okay. R- remember, those weren't the days of. Um, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna have to turn off that. That guy's a very loud voice. That's fine. So I mean, just just I mean, so, so those of you who are listening, you might be hearing lots of things. You might hear birds. You might hear cars. Really, where we're doing this interview is very Caribbean. We're doing, you know, very tropical. We're on Peter's veranda, and um, at any moment we might be we might be interrupted with coffee. <laughs> and um, you know the birds are twittering. There's there's traffic and there's people selling gleaner. So to paint a picture, when I look out, I'm seeing mango trees and 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 rocking chairs out on the lawn. <laughs> so, <laughs> so 
Uh, yeah. So don't worry, Peter. I continue. So yeah. So you're 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 seeing these all these different people come through. Yes, we we, we you okay. Know, we, we can um we can go off about the sociology of the thing because now now that I can look back on it, on it, you know, when it wasn't happening, it was um it's it's very interesting. We would <coughs> have auditions. There was a sort of um, we were in, in one of the buildings, um, one of the outbuildings, Ken Lazarus and myself. And, um, <coughs> you know, we're there with the piano and the disc and the record player and thing. And a big, and a big box of, of, of 45s sent in from, you know, record companies sending rec uh, records to others. And we were looking for records to cover to do reggae covers. Okay. So this, you know, this, you know, the box that they pack toilet tissue in. Right. Right. That bo that size box. Right? Oh, so these are mostly R&B records or no, it's, it was run everything. Run gamut. Okay. Everything. There was rock, R&B, oh, wow. country, okay. whatever, you know, okay. all sorts of things. And it was apparently I, I, I never saw it happening but I it, the, the system was that if you wanted to audition to 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 do some recording you could just show show up at the the gate of the of the place <laughs> and then they would say all right go around and stand up by that door there right <laughs> and, and, and then they would go in and you know come into us and say we have people outside and then we'd, we'd go and audition oh, okay okay um after a while, it got so intrusive and disruptive. We started doing it. It's okay. It's only 12 to 2 every day. 12 Auditions. to 2 every okay. day. Okay. Because Federal Records, remember, is on an industrial terrace. Right. So what happens is all the factory workers, when they get lunch at 12. They come on audition. Yes, they come on audition. Okay. Man, it, it was an experience. It was an experience. Any factory worker audition and became a star? Or became well known. I there were one or two that who who ended up being recorded. Okay, okay. they're being recorded. I I don't know. Eh, I don't know how many. I I know that a couple of them, a um, couple of those recordings went up the charts. Okay, okay. All right. So sorry. So you're at Federal Records. You started out with the as the assistant. You said or I was an assistant to the to Ken Lazarus, the right. A&R. And then so what what did that involve you doing? I would, a lot of the time, I would figure out the chords oh, for okay. the for the tunes. You know, if somebody comes in and sings, I would figure out the accompaniment. Or you would put on a record and say, "This sounds interesting. How does it go?" So you're arranging. You're 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 lifting. Yes, yes. You're I lifting was, arrangements and you're yeah, arranging. Can you? Had um, was just had just before that been working for Byron Lee. He was the Byron Lee's band leader. Oh, I see. And okay. then he left Byron Lee and then went over to Federal. Okay. And did this, but my ear was you know better than Ken's. Mm -hmm. You know, and and so that uh, it sort of evolved to be my 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 um, my role. Okay. And um, then I was general factotum. I should have. What what probably should have happened is I should have been a, one of the rhythm musicians there, but as it turned out, my I am not a particularly good rhythm player. Apparently, I'm I'm not as good a rhythm player as as, I, as certainly as I thought then, <laughs> right? And um, my time, my you know when we says people have the, all the good rhythm players, they whatever their stage of development in terms of chops, right. they all have good time okay 
and my time is mediocre. Oh, okay. So this is why I'll never be a really great rhythm player. But um, but I was useful in practically every other way, you know, okay. for help with background vocals and things. And um, one of the things that I seem seem to remember, it started at Federal, was that when the syn- the synthesizers started to come in, okay, and Federal got a a Putney. Putney was an English um, synthesizer, and it used some little pins, a little matrix of pins, oh, okay. to connect the various, you know, as a sort of um, what you call it, a, like a, a matrix box, a patch mm-hmm. bay, right? Mm-hmm. And um, of course, the thing about synthesizers that time, and, and you know, eventually dynamic sounds. When I started doing the rounds and doing a lot of work at dynamic, dynamic sounds got an ARP twenty six hundred. Okay. Now nobody in Jamaica knew anything about synthesizers, but the difference between me—I was like them. I knew nothing right. either. But I was interested, and I was the only one who was interested in getting any sound out of those things. <laughs> okay. Everybody is just kind of, you know, couldn't understand it and blocked it out of their head. So synth- the first introduction of synthesizers in Jamaica wasn't wasn't very successful. Okay. Right. But how? All right. So you're you're on this path of discovery with the synthesizers. How how did any of those sounds or textures find their way into? recordings that we that we know today i did something with um it's remember those days those were monophonic synthesizers those are analog days right that's single line or double line at most Mm -hmm. and um they would find their way in like you know um obligato lines guide to line guide tone lines introductions interludes but um, the chord things were a little were 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 a little while away. Okay. Okay. Um, any any songs you can you can name that you remember that? Do I remember anything? No. For some reason, I I I think there may be a one or two that I did at Dynamic, but I know the the Putney was was baffling. Okay. The Putney was was really baffling. I had more success with the with the ARP over at Dynamic than I did. With thing, I remember they. they well, they, it, f- it feels like the ARP has survived, and I'm not sure yeah, many people know about the Putney. The Putney, the Putney. Oh gosh, <laughs> the, the Putney was very English. Shall oh, we? Let's yes, put it that okay. way. So you really had to understand a what it was that you wanted to do and what you were looking at, and b how to operate the matrix, the patch bay, right. the little pin patch bay mm-hmm. they had, and between the two, between the the, the two things, you you you. Okay. It was very befuddling, you know. So, all right. So, after the the, the initial thing with synthesizers, what happens next? Because I'm sure it's going to be a time when we try it again with the synthesizers and yes, yes. You know, um, 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 the not long after that, I went away to college to in America. Yeah, but so, but it wasn't Berkeley. Went to initially. I, I event. I I started out going to BU. Right. As a sophomore, I had scraped up enough credits at UE mm-hmm. to sort of transfer, or transfer as a sophomore. <coughs> you have to understand that I, at that point in my life, I wasn't. I ended up in Boston, bewildered and wondering how how the hell did I get here? My mother sort of 
tricked me, you know. She basically <laughs> had her foot in, in my back and pushed me off there. And But I was doing fine in Jamaica as far as I was concerned. You know, I had my mother's car driving. <laughs> I had a girlfriend. Yes. I was getting studio work. You know, I was, you know, doing the studios. And... But Life she, was good. She thought you were getting comfortable. Like, I, I don't know, like but um, fly a young bird. Go yes, ahead. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. But the, the the thing about it was that once I got there, I put my head down and did the work. I, right. you know, well, you know, the work didn't come. So, it came easier. Okay, you know, for me. But what happened? What happened at BU was that within two weeks. <sighs> all right, the thing that. I was made me interested. What whetted my appetite made me even agree to get on the plane and go, go to Boston. Was I'd heard switched on Bach. Okay. And I said I want to learn how to do that, right? So I went because I wanted to learn electronic music, right. and I also had an interest in writing music. From I was fourteen, I decided I wanted to write. And I didn't. Switched on Bach was was Carlos, right? Was Walter Carlos well, at the time? No, no Wendy, Wendy Carlos. Wendy Carlos. Right. Okay. Right. <clears throat> and um, so when I went to BU, the, the course seemed a little straight. You know. What but, were you studying at BU? No, it's classical, it was classical, classical music, music okay. composition, okay. The, mm -hmm. the, the straight classical composition okay. course. And um, I got a little turned off by some of the teachers. Okay. It it might have been prejudice. Then again, you know, I, I looked like a UFO those days, so. <laughs> they didn't know what to might, make of you. Yes, it might not so have, have helped. They were just being themselves. Probably. Yes. S and um, this is two weeks into, you know, January or something like that. Um, and... So getting to Berkeley College, which is another city college, was a matter of you know walking out to Kenmore Square, climbing over the freeway, right. and there you are on Boyson Street. So I went there and found out, and they were taking late entries. So I said, what the hey? I don't know. Nowadays, I'd be too lazy to do that. Yeah? <laughs> but I don't know what, what got, on to, got, got in. No, but did you have any friends going to Berkeley? Or you, you, met, you met anybody at Berkeley? Or you knew of Berkeley before? I knew of Berkeley before. No, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember why. Because Berkeley was the jazz college, right? But um, I wasn't necessarily interested in jazz. Um, but the course seemed to be seemed to be a little more, a little less stiff, you know. Right, uh, right, you right, know, right. The, the um, medieval music, Renaissance music, you know, and then mm -hmm. Baroque, classical, you know. The, anyway. Um, I went to Berkeley, then it turns out, and I made a good call, by mistake once again. I, I took an exam and ended up in, a, in the advanced placement class where, where we did the, the course, the arranging course, at twice the speed oh, of the regular class. Which, and it, it suited me perfectly. Because around, what, around what year was this? 1972. Okay. 1972, yes. Okay. And it was, Berkeley was still... You know, still coming out of the jazz mold. Right, you know, right. And nowadays, yeah. it's a much broader approach to uh, music. The, uh, you know that Berkeley just opened Berkeley Abu Dhabi. I'm just letting you know that. Berkeley Abu Dhabi. Yes. Anyway, we'll talk about that another time. But I'm just <laughs> letting you know that. Sorry. And, and Berkeley is Berkeley Berkeley College, Boston Conservatory. Yeah, well, it's Boston Conservatory at Berkeley. At Berkeley. Yeah. Wow. And, um, yeah. And there's Berkeley Valencia. There's Berkeley Abu Dhabi. Wow. We so uh, yeah, fun fun times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I really, it, it really, those 
first the first year especially where I did two years working one year I was in a class where everybody knew a little bit of music right. already everybody wanted it there were no time wasters in the class mm -hmm. and I got taught by the guys who wrote the books perfect yes right? that's uh, always good right. you know Larry Monroe taught Larry Mo Monroe's <laughs> arranging course yes. Ted Pease taught his arranging course wait yeah. Ted Pease taught you Ted Pease taught me he, yeah. he taught me too <laughs> That's 20 years later, yeah, Michael. That's, that's the 90s, yeah. That's God, the, could, could he stand up? Oh, he, he was, was always a, tight, a tall guy. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. still tall and he was fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he must have been really young when he taught it because it, it, it didn't seem particularly old when he taught me. Yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> that's wonderful. Taught me the chord, chord scales. Uh -huh. Wow. And um, also, I'd wanted to do the degree course. Right. But I couldn't get my SAT scores. My SAT scores, by the way, weren't very good because I had just heard about SAT scores in Jamaica. So I just showed up, I paid the fee, and one day I showed up and took the exam. So you needed SAT for Berkeley then? Yes, well, for the university course. Oh, because I didn't need it when I went. I don't, I don't think you need SAT for Berkeley now. Well, the thing, yeah, well, with my scores, I probably... <laughs> <laughs> no, because, because I, I did zero okay. preparation. Right, right, right. Zero preparation. Yeah, you, I knew a little bit about maths and things and things. Yeah. And, and my English, but, but the SAT scores were, were okay. you know, reasonably poor. But <clears throat> anyway, I didn't have my SAT scores at the time, so I ended up doing the, what is it, arranging diploma course. Okay. okay. And um, I did that for two years. So when I switched over to the degree course in after the second year, I had more arranging courses than I needed. So my 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 stay at Berkeley was very productive in in terms of um, you know the skills. Right. The nice thing about Berkeley is that and I, and I heard it mentioned when I went there. You know the what you get is eighty percent of what you learn at Berkeley. You can use it. That's true. Right. And. Um, it's it's a little less sure if you go to, if you do a classic straight classical degree right, right or a straight jazz degree for that matter mm -hmm. and um, they always always used to come uh, the teachers told us that the people in Boston you know Boston Conservatory New England Conservatory BU you know UMass Harvard they're all complaining that they have all these grand music courses and the Berkeley guys get the gigs. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes, so, yes. So that that was um so I'm I'm I think it was a good call. Okay. It, yeah. it was a good call. So all right, so how did how did being at Berkeley now being go at with the Berkeley, with the technology? Oh, yes. Well well see Berkeley filled in the gaps. Okay. Right? It filled in the gaps for me musically because that's when I found out what it is I'd been doing 10 years, um, <laughs> um, um, you know, eight years before then, when I was a teenager, figuring out the Burt Bacharach songs and the right. Motown things and the, <clears throat> and, the, um, and the jazz things. I hadn't, didn't, couldn't, you know, do the names and things. And then when I eventually ended up doing electronic music, then you say, oh, so that is what was happening when you pushed up that <laughs> right, fade and okay. turned that pot, you okay. know? And um, and then also what dovetailed into that is going into electronics course, having worked at a recording studio. So yes. Yeah, so, so so all the technology background. thing, the things are falling into place. Mm -hmm. So, um, what people, if people describe um, their interaction with me, they say that 
what I have is a grasp, a good grasp of what it is we're doing. Right. It's, right. it's, it's not this assorted bunch of facts and, right. uh, and experience uh, combined. Okay. So um, it was very... Um, like I said, it, 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 it allowed me to integrate the training, the formal training at the college with the experience, right. the experiences that I had. You know, this is why they use this microphone for this singer. Okay. This is why they use this microphone for that instrument. Okay. And this is why you hear them complaining about the cables and the this, that, and the other, you know. And the, you know, the other thing that happened um, with my, um, during the 70s, was that when I was going to college, by then I had done my first jingle. And I was in demand as a jingle writer. So what I would do is every time I had a holiday, I'd come back to Jamaica and there'd be some work for me. Okay. And I would do it, get paid for it, and that would be the plane fare to come back the next time. <laughs> okay. And so I never I never lost touch with Jamaica. That's the important that thing. That is very important, I did, yeah. So that when I finished my course, I was obligated to come back and, and teach because I, I was on a government scholarship. Ah, okay, right. But I had my business. My business hadn't I hadn't disappeared from the Jamaican scene. Okay. All right. So, all right. So you were you were you were at Berkeley and you were coming back and forth doing mm-hmm. doing jingles. Did any <clears throat> any of the technology that you learned at Berkeley? Because I mean, at that time there was no there was no department really yet of there was no degree in technology. Was there? Or? No, no, no. Right. There was so there was no, some no courses. The, uh, and there was no recording degree. As yet. a matter of fact, <coughs> the there was a course. I, I forget the name of it, but Joe Hostetter, a guy called Joe Hostetter ran the course, it was called Recording Technology. Okay. And that's where I learned, I mean, my students here say that, you know, that if you come into Mr. Ashbourne's class, the one thing you're going to go out is learning how to wrap a cable. Ah, yes. <laughs> so I got that from Joe Hostetter. The right. first thing you do when you go in his class, listen, this is how you deal with the cables. I don't want to see any twisted cables mm-hmm. and the thing. And it started from there. And what it was is introduction to tape recorders and right, those sorts okay. of things. Okay. And of course, you know, I had there worked at Federal, you know, exactly. with these multi-track machines yeah. and these big boards, well, okay. fairly big boards for those days, you know. So, Art, so when at that time then, when you were coming back and doing the jingles, it was still in a kind of a studio environment. You hadn't, you didn't really have your own recording setup as yet. No, no, no. Those, those, those. Um, oh, we didn't have sequencers, and you, you didn't have no, the, no, not yet. The, the sequencers. No, um, those were the days when uh, you, an agency called you. You went, got the, um, got a brief. Right. Then you did your wrote the thing, and then brought in a singer in my case I brought I didn't sing right. so I brought in a singer and then me on the piano or guitar or something we would do a kind of you you sing it I a play it and then yes and we take it to the thing and then maybe it goes to the client or maybe okay. it goes back I have to re- write it again and goes to the client and then when the client approves it then they send it back to you you can finish it then we rent time at the studio and hire okay. musicians okay. and make them come make them come and we all do the recording by then those days were multi-track anyway so it, okay. it wasn't the days of everybody jumping in there and recording and, at right. the same time bounce everything to one yeah. track and they yeah, <laughs> open yeah. up Okay. But um, it, by then it was multi-track. Um, 
so we would we we would do those um that was how, that was how it was done um i was archiving some things the other day by the time we got to 1976 it was a less expansive version of what's done today you know you're, right. you're, you're layering recording you right. know you but you'd record the rhythm section you know by itself then you maybe put on the voices and then you put on whatever sweetening, sweetening there is then, right. and then you do do mixing the, mix. the so other thing you had to learn with jingles is how to mix a two mix a jingle in 10 minutes <laughs> because the turnaround yeah yes yeah. the turnaround time you know right. you know the um you know the this kind of the especially the excesses of the 70s 80s and 90s you know this kind of thing where you sit down and listen to a playback a monitor mix of the thing for, 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 for two hours, and then you decide right, right. how you're going to approach the mix. No, 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 no. You finish recording, mix it. Fifteen minutes. And we that, need the that was especially true for you because you I mean you were here sometimes for a very short time yes, to get yes, this thing done. Yes, had to get, get them paid done. and go back. Yes, right. The, so. Because the, those, <laughs> <laughs> and um, so it's a you know. It's not as bad as, but it was going towards a New York vibe, you know. Okay. You know, ram bam, do it, slap it down and get it. Get Who were some up. of the companies you did jingles for at that time? Um, McCann Erickson. So that's a, that's the ad agency. Ad agencies. Right. It was it was mostly it was overwhelmingly ad agencies those times. Okay. Because there was a. <laughs> Uh, there was an advertising association, but actually it was a sort of cartel, <laughs> where where they sort of said, "Okay, you want to do advertising? Let's see what your product looks like," mm. and they sort of weeded out. In other words, they tried to keep the the standards of the advertising right. up, right. and then somewhere in the when was it the nineties, nineteen nineties. The, the the fair trading commission or something or somebody one of those government agencies decided it was a cartel right. and it should be disbanded and advertising has never been the same since then the standards have plummeted the 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 production values are are anything goes well actually. i mean as you were saying before anybody with a with a, with a, with a computer anybody with a computer yes so he can do it i'm not going pay him so. yeah and then it sounds that way yes yes a lot of the times yeah um okay all right so we're we're Let's say no. We're after we're, we finished Berkeley, yeah. And you're back. You're back here now. You're teaching. Yes, as teaching and and working. Yes, and, 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 and you're, so yeah. you're teaching. You're doing jingles, and you're probably how many groups you had performing with? No, those days I was just studio and teaching at the Jamaica School of Music. What did? You, oh yes, as far as equipment goes, what I did, my mother, my mother helped me because she got a bank loan she un, um, underwrote a bank loan for me so i borrowed some money you know during the last year of my of my, my of my course and i took that money converted to us went up and bought some equipment bought so, of but boy peter it seems like your mother always had your best interest at heart i mean when yes, when she kicked you out of the country it was for the it was for your best of course and then i know she's, she's underwriting yes, your yes. your start Yes, of course. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> no, I was very fortunate. Yeah. But on the other hand, uh, I wasn't as rebellious as I could have been, you know. Because <laughs> okay. I've seen other people having... Pr I've, I've had problems with, with my right. one right. of my children, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, so what I got was a four-track Tascam right. tape recorder. Um, 
and there was um you know there was Morgan Arp and Buchla and and those kind of synthesizers right. available at the time and they're all quite expensive and they were very expensive S- uh, but at the same time there was another Massachusetts New England company called Electrocomp is okay. just another engineer guy called I think Dale Blake or something I ended up being quite quite familiar with them at, okay. at the time and they were making synthesizers and a brand they, their brand was Electrocomp okay and I still have them in the back there oh, you still have it okay I, I brought a EML 101 unfortunately termites have eaten out the wooden case I still have the electronics okay but, um, and I still have a step sequencer that they eventually made. Okay. A, a step sequencer. That's the first time I'd ever seen a quantizer. Right. We didn't know about... We, you see, remember, my electronic music is analog. Right, right, right. But it's just at the point when I was leaving school was when digital started to okay. to become important. So uh, when you got this equipment around, what year was that? Was that 80s? This was, was no, that, no, that, that was 1976. 1976, okay. 1976. Okay. And <clears throat> by the time, within four years, you had the, you know, the Fairlight and the um, Sinclavier mm-hmm. and those things, you know, those were, um, Sinclavier is, is primarily a, a FM synthesis right. thing, you know, but remember Sinclavier, you know how much Sinclavier used to cost? No. The bass Sinclavier was $75,000 <laughs> and a fully loaded one was approaching $200,000. Okay. Remember something that those were the days when a tape machine is $130,000, yes. a Neve board is $180,000. Yes, and, yes. And synthesizers, I, I, I ended up buying a few Oberheim pieces right. of mm-hmm. equipment and these things would regularly cost $4,000. Right. Each four thousand. You still have Oberheim. I still have some Oberheims here, Mm -hmm. right? And um, not only with that equipment, including the Electrocomp equipment that I got. When we bought it, it never it never finished make. Oh really? Yes, it it wasn't finished. It 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 all had all kinds of flaws in them. So we bought it. You turn it on, and. Eighty um, percent of it would work. This was before the days of beta testing. No, <laughs> this is not beta test. It's it's just that the market. All right, the the market for synthesizers was very small. All right, relatively okay. small. And then you had what half a dozen companies competing for the business. Yeah. So they had to, had to they keep out. kept rushing out this equipment. I see. And so I would buy a piece of equipment, and then for the next nine months, you get a, a mail engineering change order and they send a couple of resistors maybe a, ah, a up okay. amp and thing and a circuit right and you have to take out this and put in that and then there's a new calibration procedure and it would just went on and but on with and that on. process you learned a lot as well though, didn't you yeah it's yeah it's, it's just like when my mother my mother's car her first car was a truly awful car and i learned how cars work okay because of it you know because you end up on a street yes. yes okay so so this so i'm um, I'm not like the people nowadays who can only use software, you know. I'm 
if you know, since I, I, I come like a bitter old man kind of a thing <laughs> because I've been through the days right. of going to the studio to, to, to do a recording. Maybe for somebody else, you turn on the equipment and Jamaica's power, power supply wasn't so good those days. And we'd have a brownout or, you know, what they call a, you know, a, a, a half second power cut. Right. Bloop yes. off, bloop on. Yes, yes, yes. And the synthesizers hated that because they're digital, they're computers. Yes, yes. So you'd have to, that's the end of the synthesizer there. You pack it up, you go to Miami right, and fix it. And then you come back, you'd have things like that. Or, which I ended up, I ended up, I have a four and a half digit multimeter in there, thing that me measures millivolts. Right, right. Me, who, you know, likes electronics but doesn't know anything, you know, high school, I'm at a high school level. And I just learned to have to troubleshoot my own stuff. Okay, okay. You know, and be great friends with your you, with your electronics guys. You know, <laughs> okay. You know because you ha because they have to be willing to sit down with you and the synthesizer for the next four hours to try and get this thing to work again. Right, right. Okay. It was um, challenging <laughs> days. I've had Oberheim stuff. I had a Prophet Five, which was um, very nice instrument when it worked, <laughs> because sometimes it didn't. Okay. Um, the electrocomp stuff, electrocomp started to make modular equipment, so I'd buy modules and okay. put together some stuff. It, it, it was, it wasn't boring. Right. It, it was, um, but it, I wouldn't have, think about it, now that you think about it, having the electronic music course right. was what enabled me to kind of go along that path with yeah, confidence, right, you know? Right that if I'm buying this, then I'll be able to use it because I know what it's used for. So the, the modular synth thing is a big thing again now. I, would you ever consider, because I, I mean, it's an investment still. So to be buying all these different models, would you ever no, consider going that route again? Do you know the biggest problem with, um, with modular synth? Well, the biggest problem with the, the analog, that analog concept is the amount of time it takes. Right. People, this is what we don't, this is what I didn't have. Um, I ended up u started using the presets in, <clears throat> in the machines because you have two jingles to do, right? And you right. go in this studio and you have four hours, you know? Well, I mean, so you know, you, well, you know there's, there's these two, there's two different ways that you're going to use this. Is either you're going to be using it for, to, to, to do something like jingles or pop music. Mm. Or you're gonna make a performance out of doing this patching, which is really what nowadays anybody has modular synth. Which is the original concept right. of electronic music to make a new, right. new type of music and to do it live. Because I mean, that's what they're doing now. Oh, they're to do it they're live. patching live and they're creating the textures and 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 everything is happening live. You know, and that is the performance. Yeah. So and the difference is, you just put um, uh, an electronic beat in it. Doof. Doof, yes, doof, or doof, you create, doof, it, doof, doof. create it, and then you yes. go, and then you start yeah. doing yeah. textures on top. And so, I mean, you know, there's 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 more than one way to look at electronic yes, music. So yeah, but well, yeah. it's it's come back and exactly. You know, it's, it's, it's but of uh, course, that's more academic, you know. Yeah, that way. Yeah, the the, the um. I mean, I I learned from first principles, yeah. you know, where where you go into you, you know, you have a you have two hours on the machine, you're right, a, right? and then you go in and you spend forty five minutes setting up a, a wonderful patch, you know, with these modifiers and these sync things and these oh, you know, and all these kind of things, and you you get your filters going, and you 
press the button and nothing happens. <laughs> and you spend the next 15, 20 minutes trying to figure out what you've done wrong. Right. And then you find out that you haven't turned it on, you know. There are things like <laughs> yes, that. Yes, yes. So, and and that is 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 what the Arturia, the collection, the Arturia Moog Modular, yes. which was the first of the Arturias that I got to. F I tried. I've tried more than once. Uh, the, the first couple of times I tried to get make a patch from scratch. Right, you yes. know, patch, 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 patch. Two hours, nothing. Brought back memories, huh? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you, you're better off with those things, starting off with a patch, with it, right? And then ad ad adjusting and then it, adjusting it right, you know. Right, but, right. But okay. So, so my problem with the things nowadays is 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 the amount of time it takes to set up stuff, because there there's some there's some really nice stuff out there, okay. things that that you knew you could say. Boy, that that sounds really interesting, but I can't afford the equipment. Yes, yeah. and, and now it's a software patch. You know, yeah. I bought a synth. Course, you know, the pure for ninety nine. Not the same. Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah. But they, there were there was they always said that you can always tell the Arps from the Moogs, from the Buchlers, from the you know Electrocoms or whatever, right. from the Yamahas and the Rolands and stuff. Because their output stage was all different, was right. all designed different. So mm -hmm. the um, the output amplifiers would always color the sound. Right. But nowadays it's all coming through your, your interface yeah. anyway. So <laughs> yes. you know. True, true, true. Okay, all right. So let's go back a bit. So okay, so now let's go to where you've started creating your own studio now. Where yes. did you start? What was okay. the first? The first? No. What happened? Remember, I told you I bought equipment. Right. At, at, and and then came. I mean, it was a bit of an adventure too. But um, the the original idea was to simply make a facility for my electronic music. Okay. You know, I was I'd never I I never intended to to build a studio. Uh, okay. Right, a commercial studio. There are a lot of people in Jamaica thinking <laughs> I never intended to do that. I just wanted to get something that I could do electronic music okay. I was still being pure right but um, but as it turned out it was a good vehicle for me to do better demos as a matter of fact quite a few of my demos ended up on the air okay you know you I know sometimes when you record something and you know it the, the, the whole turns out to be greater than the sum of right. the parts yes, yes, yes. and you get something that just has a sound like which one which ones which ones ended up no there were some some little some homemade ones like um there was a little jingle called Seventeen Plus. Okay, okay. And it and it and it and it was a demo. And and I you know, you send it in to the guy and you know, you're driving around in the car and all of a sudden you hear it. <laughs> you call him and say, well, hey, 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 you never told me anything. <laughs> say, no, no, I put it on the air. Okay. He said, But that's a demo. Oh oh really? But ah. send in the bill. Okay. So it 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 would happen. And so I've by then, you know, the, the that whole music industry, the do-it-yourself music industry, and the synthesizer market was starting to blossom. Right, right. This must. This is the nineteen eighties, eh? So I got just like everybody else. I got gear lust. Yes. So anytime you got any money, you know, you try and go buy things. So this. So my, you know, the, the same thing. Equipment beside my bed. Yes. It just got more and more <laughs> and more, and it. Um, and then simultaneously recording in Jamaica 
there was a big upsurge of it and I would have to do jingles and I can't get studio time right I couldn't get studio time you know you 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 have a jingle on Monday they, they tell you okay it's approved can you give me the jingle on Wednesday I say, well, as long as we can get in the studio, you can. But, but um, I, you know, so you call everybody and you find out that the musicians, the singers are available. And then you call Tough Gun. Right. They're booked out till next week. So this was early you 80s? Took, they, yeah. They, so they, this they, is the also... 1980s, yeah. So this is also like the, really the beginning of the dance hall scene. That's where everybody was recording. Yes, yes. There was... A, there, there was um, it was the music business, the producers in, in, in Jamaica, you know, always responded to money. It was these, these people, not all of them knew anything about, well, very few of them knew anything about music formally, right, right. but they, some of them had a better feel for it than others. But all of them went in there hearing that you can make money. Okay. That is, that is how, you know, it's very few of them, I would think, that say, boy, I like music, so I'm going to go and lose money. Right, you know? right, right, right. So, um, so at that time, and there was probably some, you know, one of the drug money could have been slushing around Laundering, at the time. Okay. So there was <coughs> some of that, a lot of that going on. And I just couldn't get in the studio, so I ended up doing a few jingles in my, in my bedroom. Right. Right. I eventually moved the bed out because, you know, we couldn't <laughs> fit in there. Yes. Right. And I got another four-track tape recorder. And between the two things, you know, we had a six-track or an eight-track thing. And, and we were syncing. How were you doing that? Yes, we, we did. Um, sometimes we did a sync thing. And um, sometimes you did it Beatles style. You oh, it just mix, mix down, mix okay. down the four two, two one, tracks two, to two one, tracks or one, or one, okay. one track on and the other. Yeah, and it, yeah. Okay. So okay. it was because the studio time also became hard to get that I started, ended up starting doing things at um here okay and of course the musicians you know got cut out of that and they weren't they weren't so happy about that well, but that's where the rest of the world so, went. so so you were you were using your synths and you were doing you're doing sequencer what were you using as a sequencer then well um the first sequence uh, well aside from the what you call, now call step sequences right was um i have a 16 step sequencer but you use that for Music for musical applications, okay. but 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 the sequencer, you know, a, a sequencer, sequencer yes. with with um thing there was an Oberheim machine. Okay, I think and and I think that one what they said, thirteen thousand events. It had a um the 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 capacity was somewhere in that okay that region, and we used that to run the sequences run the the rhythms for the for these things and eventually there was uh, you hear that computers you know i the other thing i did was i always had subscriptions to the magazines right. so even though i was in jamaica i was keeping up with with where so the like electronic, music magazine yeah, electronic and, um, keyboard okay. magazine keyboard electronic magazine. Okay. musician Okay, and so you kept up with what was going on, and then you found out that um, computers right. were starting to use the business And well, the first one I did, well, I had you know the Mac, the Mac, the I think it was a Mac two. Okay, it um, that what I was looking at, but when you see the Mac two, the price, yes, the price was a little daunting, and then when we looked. There was a PC. You could get a PC, 
uh, or get a PC assembled and something and it would cost like half the price something some some uh, significantly less and um what was it i think yes the voitra okay there was a company called voitra that made a, a sequencer a software sequencer and then they start they also made an interface right and um that sequencer up to now it's still it's bulletproof <laughs> it does not crash right if anything um the microsoft it's you know i started off in dos right yes right <coughs> so i all right let me state it um formally i ended up using a pc because the pc was what i could afford okay and and to this day you're still snubbing to your nose at at mac um. <laughs> i i keep saying that the mac system the whole mac the mac interface is very elegant and very slick and it's there's a lot to be admired about right. it it's it's um and but for a pc person it's that you know it's kind of ott you know <laughs> because i learned from you know having to get the syntax right, right. on a command line you yeah, know yeah, yeah. c colon you know <laughs> i'm going going on from there but the once i had the voitra sequencer you know there was unlimited things that you could do right the early days of secret but but you have to remember that also it had taken hold in america and so everything no man that, that that's where you you're hearing these these people putting out these yes things. these synth laden things and of course you know they, they anything a lot of them were 100% quantized you know yeah, so it's this yes this this yeah. thing, marching yeah. <laughs> marching locked that's where that is coming from and it it and also the the recording equipment the prices started coming down so okay. therefore i could get an 8 track machine and then i could get a 16 track machine so this is how i so i had the facility there right and right. then i managed there was enough space in my yard built another room right so that's how i ended up with um a sort of room but it was never supposed to be a studio right okay so um my son, my son has <laughs> built a studio yes yeah. yes he has he's built a studio where but um, but, but but since then it's, it's gone beyond jingles i mean you've done singles for people you've done albums no no i well I, as always in, in 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 jamaica there is um if you're too too much of a specialist you'll starve right i agree in yeah. in america you have to be a specialist because the the competition is so great and the standard is so high that you have to specialize in order just to survive right. in jamaica it's sort of the other way around Strange, yeah. you have to be a jack of all trades and the jack of all trades sort of suits me right suits me because i i have i have training you know in these different or or experience in these different genres if you want to call it um at a level right at at a at a you know arguably a professional level you know so mm -hmm. i can hop around comfortably from classical to jazz to and and pop music right so what was happening at one point was that every year i would have some pop 
pop music experiment or the other. Okay. I'd be doing jingles, I'd be doing musical theater, I'd be doing maybe trying some jazz and thing, but somewhere along the line I'd be dabbling with, with pop music, with okay. popular culture. Okay. Um, and then my, my um, experience with A.J. Brown, the singer. Right. Where um, I ended up what people say on the road is that he was already talented and you know he's very talented and mm -hmm. had you know he had some experience he's coming from Antigua Bay but I, they said I kind of put the polish on him right. uh, you know mm -hmm. and um, he started performing in Jamaica and, and he was extremely you know he had a time when he was he ruled, ruled yes, the performance yes, yes. performing and you, and you, and you and wrote we, a couple of hits for him yes and yes and and so when I listened to those, I mean, was that around the DX7 time period? Yes, the DX7 was out by then. The, you're talking about um, all fall down. All right? fall down. And yeah, and but, um, but when you love, yeah, when you love, right? There's, there's when you love, but uh, remember those days. I was also using Oberheim, so okay. I wasn't, you know. But I had a DX7 by then. Right. Yeah. Right. So um, and so that was the the sort were of. Were you using drum machines as well? Or were you using um, a PC or no? Yeah, but but at that time we had a band that was accompanying him on stage, so we just put the band in studio. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Who was in that band at the time? It was, it was Desi Jones and okay. Glenn Brownie and I think Wiggy, Wiggy, Wiggy Francis was on there, maybe Mikey Chung sometimes, okay. you know. And it was a one of those variable-sized groups, you know. Right. Those are respected names, and they're still respected names now. Uh -huh, uh -huh. You know, these are some of the <laughs> the best, mm -hmm. the best we have. I kept buying machines, but but <laughs> nowadays I've slowed <laughs> no, down a no, bit. No, software. Yeah, the software. Yeah, I. But every two days know, there's something I new have, you can't keep I up. I have mixed, I have slightly mixed feelings about the software. The software has enabled. You know, it has democratized a lot of st stuff in in music. You know, like, you know, I bought a synthesizer, all right, the other day. It, right. it was on sale, so I bought it, and I buy stuff when I can, right? Because the market is not is relatively small compared with other markets, right? Right, and the people need to eat. True. Yes. The people need to eat. I mean. My son, that same synthesizer that I bought, he says he, he has a cracked copy. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I, I bought this. Yeah, one. I'm struggling with my students with that too, because I, I, yeah. I, I mean, I remember when I was I was, I was at Berkeley. I just left. And I had no yeah. money. Yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. take a crack copy, but as soon as you can't afford to, yeah, you, you you do you it. Start, yeah. You start and, buying and it. And as a matter of fact, the 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 um the software that I use on a. <laughs> That's not quite true right now. But all right, let me state the statement first. The software that I use, I'm a Cubase person. Right. My Cubase is bought, is bought and paid for. Right. My Sibelius was bought and paid for. Right. Sibelius, there's a little asterisk there. I can, can I get my rocks off on that? <laughs> the people who bought Sibelius, which was a big mistake, are, are people who just want to make money. So a subscription now, just like the so, Pro Tools. Yes, my, my, my computer I had a my computer crashed and so I you know, I had to build it back, put it back on, go to get authorization because I paid for it when? Ten years ago? Right. This is now a subscription service. So I got the cracked copy. I'm using the cracked copy now. <laughs> I'm not going to do I'm going to yes. I'm going to buy um what's it, Dorico. Dorico, right. Yes. Right. And, and and thing but 
Anyway, um, the the synthesizer I was saying, the synthesizer that I bought yeah. the other day. Um, is um, is the it the Arturia? Arturia? Oh, Arturia. I, I think I have yeah, that yeah, one as well. Yeah. But anyway, I, I brought it, and it's some, it has all sorts of things that I I want to get into. Pigments. Pigments, yes. Right. The pigments too. I, I yes. And it has these very interesting things. And um, I'm wondering if, has it been cheapened a little bit? <laughs> It's a privilege, uh, yeah. you know. They, they, um, the, 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 the twenty-year-olds nowadays, they don't appreciate what they have. But you know, in twenty years' time, they're going to be saying the same things. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because because they they'll have a a chip in their head. Exactly. Right, and be able to do it that. <laughs> yeah. So, so so we've gone from from that strange pin patch bay now to. Now you have the virtual pin patch bay. Yes. Uh, you know, with Arturia and all oh, yeah. these Spe- things. Oh, yes. I should mention this, that that, that um, I have a Oberheim Matrix. Right. Um, Matrix synth, you know, which, which is, um, it was, at the time it came out, it was a, um, well, it still is a beautiful machine. The amount of modulation that it can take, it's, it's really nice. It's a sort of analog digital hybrid. Where the 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 filters the filters are analog. Right. The oscillators are analog. Everything else is digital. Okay. And so so between the filters and and this and and the oscillators, you can still get the the Oberheim sound. Right. 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 Now that was a six voice machine. Mm-hmm. My machine is a five voice machine because. I got it. I bought it. Remember, I told you about these these equipment that wasn't right. finished. Right. When I got it, one of the voices didn't work. Ah. I called them. They said, "If you can get this circuit board to us, we'll change it. Okay. We'll give you a good circuit board." That's California. I can't go to California. I I got an. Um, we had Air Jamaica at the time. Right. I got an Air Jamaica pilot to take it to California, okay. and he missed the rendezvous. Oh, okay. He wow. missed the rendezvous. The guy arranged to, from Oberheim arranged to meet him, and the guy, the Oberheim guy went, and the pilot never oh, went. No. Okay. Or he went <coughs> late or something, and it never worked. And um, I said, "All right, I'll try send it next week." Mm-hmm. And four days later, Oberheim folded. Wow. Okay. Went out of business. Went out of business. But now inside I have um, Arturia's voice. Arturia's or Matrix Twelve. Right, right. The yeah. software version yeah. of the same machine. Yeah, 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 yeah. One thing compare compare the 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 Matrix, the one that I have, the right. five voice, and the twelve. If I I turn it on, I turn on the the, the machine every now and mm-hmm. then, the real machine, and um, it has a tuning retune where you, where you can calibrate all right. all the things, and. Um, if you want to get all the voices calibrated, you might not want to get it calibrated, you know. But but if you do want them calibrated mm-hmm. properly, it's going to take hour and a half because every time you press tune, it's going to come up with, with errors. Really? Yes. A couple of the voices won't work. And so you have to tune it again and then okay. let it burn in, like like an old-time synthesizer. Wow. And you have to let it burn in. <laughs> and then the, the oscillators settle down and, and the filters settle down and then you... Tune it and it comes out perfect. Okay. Yeah, that's the difference, you know. The, the, old, the old days, you had to sort of massage the yes, machines yes. to get them to work, you know. Now you just. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
as long as the computer works. Yes, yeah. it's it's. Oh, good. Thanks, thanks, Peter. This All was right. good. Um, the next time we talk, we're gonna talk I more to about. Talk and talk. Yeah. We'll talk about the reggae and the journey there, and yes. some of the misconceptions and some of the what you call it, the, <laughs> the revisionists, revisionists, the people who are writing yes, yeah, reggae, yeah, yeah. yeah, the reggae history. Okay. Yes, yes. But yes. thanks, thanks so much for this. This is gonna be, you know, this one's for nerds only. But <laughs> yes. um, but uh, yes, thank you very much. All right. Okay. Cool.